Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. I am playing these instruments all by myself. So what's going on, Matt? Oh, not much. I'm uh, still reeling from the fact that this is actually our second podcast record of the week. That it is. We appeared on the Nerd Lunch Halloween special. Again. Again, yes. Second year in a row. Correct. Yeah, I guess the the first time we appeared, that was kind of like our first podcast together. It was. A lot of people were saying that that was the precursor to this show. Yeah. So it was a good show and everyone could check that out at uh, nerdlunch.net. Yes, thank you guys for having us on. So we have a great show tonight. You're you're being presumptuous. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what we got yet. I think that's the nature of the topic tonight, and that is our guilty pleasures for Halloween. Mm, Halloween and horror guilty pleasures. Things we like, but things we don't necessarily think are objectively good. Right, and most people would probably hear us say these and you know you're going to get a few people who are like oh man i love that you know but there's going to be a lot of people who are just completely like oh god i can't believe they're even talking about this yeah i've looked over my picks a few times and i think it's going to be like a shit show well what's funny is that the majority of things that i like in my life whether they be horror or halloween or otherwise are pretty much terrible so i can have like Two full shows of uh, guilty pleasures, but yeah. we're gonna narrow it down. We guess we both have questionable taste. <laughs> like this is definitely gonna be like a show full of references to movies you'll you'll never watch, and pro wrestling, and I think there's even a whole five minute bit on nickels and dimes. <laughs> well, I have to say, some of the movies that I've brought up on the show, people actually go and watch, so that's pretty awesome. It's true. It's quite an honor to make people watch Sammy Kerr for the first time, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Rock's Chosen I... Warrior. <laughs> oh, you have no idea how many people have like messaged me and DM'd me. Man, I can't believe how good Trick or Treat is. <laughs> and I still haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I'm, we're probably going to keep it that way. No, no, I'm like... I'm. I'm fucking psyched now. I've been listening to you go on and on about Sammy Kerr for what? Three months now? <laughs> week by week. Well, you know, at the same token, I listened to you go on and on about Tales from the Dark Side. And we were sitting there the other night checking out one of the episodes. What episode should we watch, Matt? Oh, put on the train. Is that the name of the episode? <laughs> it's the last car. <laughs> the last car. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, okay. I, I couldn't even get through that. In retrospect, perhaps I started with the, the wrong episode. <laughs> and, I, you know, the worst part is I think it's like the fifth time now that I've told you to put on the last car. <laughs> and well, every it, time, like, you make it three minutes in and you're finally like, hey, dude, I just got a call from work. I'm going to go over here for, like, 25 minutes. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I think I made it at least 15 minutes in before I conked out. The dark side is always there, waiting for us to enter, waiting to enter us. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.
Anyway, so why don't we get into our horror and Halloween guilty pleasures? You start us off. What's one of yours? Okay, I'm going to start everything off with one of the things that I've been talking about for a long time, and that is Entenmann's Halloween Cupcakes. Mm. Mm. So these are these little beauties that are in a gorgeous orange box with little witches and moons and pumpkins and whatnot. And they're regular golden cupcakes with a little bit of chocolate and then covered in an orange icing with candy corn dumped on top, sprinkled on top of them, right? So, I mean, you can't get more Halloween-y than these cupcakes. But for me, they're very nostalgic because when I was a kid, I used to pick these up with my mom in the, in the grocery store. And ever since then, almost every year since I could remember, uh, I've had a box of these. And I went through a period of time where I'm like, mm, I don't know if I should be eating these, you know, because I'm the only one in the place and then I'll probably eat the whole thing. And I felt guilty. But now, I, you know, all caution to the wind. Fuck it's, that. You got to take yeah. your pleasures where yep. you can. Exactly. Whole box. Ate the whole box in like a week. Yeah. And I'm, you're totally right. I mean, like. As far as nostalgia goes, like you look at that box and you're reminded of like second grade Halloween parties. Exactly. And the box has barely changed. And I usually criticize companies for not changing the box. I always get on like Halloween crunch for not changing the box, which they finally did. But, yep. you know, in this instance, the staying the same is perfect because it really does conjure up old memories. And the one thing I will say is that to me, they they're, they taste phenomenal. And I'm not a big cupcake fan. And they don't look like, you know, they're obviously in a box and you can buy them next to like a Hostess cupcake, but they don't have that sort of Hostess pre-made, been sitting here for five weeks feel. Yeah. Like they feel almost like fresh. Right. Like the icing is all upward. It looks like a bouffant. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's true because they do make everything like real fresh and they're always putting out new stock and everything like that. But those things are so good. And I actually have been bringing them up on my site for a long time. And a couple of the searches that I was doing before, I'm looking at the image search and a couple of them are mine. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, is that company, are they like a tri-state thing or are they na national? Uh, it, it is apparently a regional thing because one of your readers works for Entenmann's. And he brought up one time that these are like regional and even in his area, they were hard to find. So if anybody is looking for them and can't find them, that's probably why. You can eat cake. New cholesterol free, 100 gallons of serving Entenmann's baked goods. You can eat cake. One of my guilty pleasures is Troll 2 from 1990. Mm. Have you seen Troll 2? You know, I've never seen it, but I know you've talked about it so much that I feel like I've seen it. Oh, man. So it's considered one of the worst movies of all time, yeah. and people watch it because of that. Mm -hmm. But I've really developed genuine affection for it. Mm -hmm. It's this mash of bad acting and bad lines and bad effects and bad everything. <laughs> but everything in it is just so charismatic. Yeah. The briefest synopsis I can give you is that this family finds themselves in this weird town that turns out to be filled with vegetarian goblins. So the <laughs> goblins have to turn people into plants so they can eat them. Oh, of course. It's so horrible. It's just <laughs> horrible. And the movie has no connection to the original troll. I was just going to ask you that. There are no trolls in the movie. There's not <laughs> one. The word troll is not even said in the movie. <laughs> It's just balls out ridiculous in every which way, 
But the reason I love it is because it has no idea it's that ridiculous. Well, when I type in Troll 2, uh, I'm getting tons of pictures of go- little creatures that look like trolls. Nope, they're goblins. Oh, they're goblins. Goblins from the town of Nilbog. It's goblins spelled backwards! So, Michael Stevenson, the kid, he played the kid in the movie, the main kid. He grew up to make a fucking awesome documentary on Troll 2. Have you right. ever seen Best Worst Movie? I've heard of it. I know oh, it's God. on Netflix for a little while. Honestly, you don't need to see Troll 2 to watch that documentary, and you should because it is unbelievably good. They they didn't get name actors, obviously. Right. But when you watch the documentary, what you find out is that they pretty much got like this absolute peanut gallery of insane people. Mm. Like They all turned out to be... They're the most eccentric bunch of actors you could ever possibly see, and... Oh, God, it's just unbelievable that all these people were in one film together. The poster art where the goblin is behind him, he's got the crazy red eyes, and he's got, like, an axe in his hand. Mm -hmm. That poster art is amazing. Yes, and you'll notice that the kid has, like, a little troll doll to sell the title. It's It's like, it's so 1990s. It is. That is tremendous. Yeah, I would really recommend it like i don't watch troll 2 to revel in how bad it is i watch it because i've come to enjoy what it just is right and that's one of the things with with these bad films or tv shows is that you get so familiar with them especially during maybe a certain time of the year and then it becomes like a tradition so even bad movies become good because you have like fuzzy feelings for them right totally And then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God! Well, next on my list is actually a TV show. A TV show called Point Pleasant. I don't know if you remember this. It aired in around 2005 on Fox TV. Uh, it, it, it didn't last very long. I think it lasted about a season. And it was about a family that moved into Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And there's all kinds of weird, like, sort of macabre, uh, strange things going on. And there's, I will say that there's a little bit of sort of witchcraft, Satanism, uh, all kinds of symbolism with, you know, the Antichrist. And it feels like there's, like, the end of the world might be coming. And there's just so much weird stuff going on and a lot of cool visuals. Um, Grant Show was in the, this. Uh, <laughs> Grant you know, Show from yeah, Melrose Place? Yeah, Grant Show from Melrose Place, yep. Wait, when did was Point Pleasant on? Around 2005. Oh, wow, so we saw an older Grant Show. Yeah, but he was fantastic in this. Like, this is his greatest performance ever. I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, like, that's if, saying a lot. Yeah, like, I'm telling you, if anybody gave the time to watch the whole season... You would be like, oh, my God, Grant Show is awesome. Why didn't he get his turn, you know, to become mega famous? It's kind of the same thing. Like, it's the Thomas Jane thing. Like, he's so amazing in certain films. Right. But he's not famous, really. Like, you know, well, <laughs> Thomas Jane is kind of a grumpy guy. He probably doesn't want to be that famous. <laughs> yeah. Grant so, Show, on the other hand, he deserves all the fame he could find. He does. He does. <laughs> anyway, this, this show is very, like, soap opera-ish, you know. But it's definitely spooky, and there's some scary uh, elements to it. They showed it on the Chiller Network back in 09. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's definitely out there. It's on DVD. What I like about it, though, of course, what attracted to me 
me to it was the the jersey thing oh it is it's it's point pleasant new jersey yes yes okay wow so did they like film anything there it wasn't filmed at all in point pleasant but that's what i love about it because they insinuate it's new jersey and you're looking at it like and it definitely looks like a new a beautiful new england town you know but do they have like a boardwalk and rides and stuff I mean, sort of, yeah, but it's definitely not. It's not like it, it is here. I mean, it's it's the opposite of trash. Okay. So, yeah. I definitely would recommend if somebody does want to go and seek it out. It's a short season. I think um, there's 13 episodes, you know, appropriately. So it's definitely worth checking out. <laughs> so, question: You called this one of your guilty pleasures. Was yes. it not received well? No, it was it totally like bombed. It got poor ratings and it got canceled real quick. So I think it only lasted like three months or so. And then they did. I don't even think they aired. They only aired eight episodes in the U.S. If you get the DVD, it has all the episodes. So you may have met, you know, if you were watching it, you only saw the beginning of the series. Gotcha. So you, you sort of get unaired episodes, which is kind of cool. Well, as soon as I watch Trick or Treat, I'll <laughs> watch Point Pleasant. It'll be in, like, 2023. Yeah, next year's Halloween podcast, we'll cover that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's great family fun at Jenkinson's Boardwalk and Aquarium in Point Pleasant Beach. So more guilty pleasures from you, Matt. All right. So on a previous podcast, I complained about how one of the houses in my neighborhood used to give out spare change on Halloween. Right. I have to make a confession. I was kind of bullshitting because (laughs) I love that shit. (laughs) <laughs> anytime somebody gave away any kind of non-candy item i loved it i don't care if it was a nickel a dime a sticker a big pen or like a coupon for a free mcdonald's sunday loved it so what you're saying is you're flip-flopping i tend to do that a lot i'm very changeable <laughs> i have no convictions whatsoever i just swing where the wind blows <laughs> When I went trick-or-treating, my favorite thing about it wasn't so much the idea that I had all this candy to eat. What I really liked was like going home when I was done and spreading it all out on my bed to just soak up my earnings. Yeah. Like, like I was a pirate. You're like, oh, look at look at me, loot. It's your booty. Yeah. I felt like a gold panner, you know? It's just like all those non-candy items just made it feel fuller and more diverse. Yeah. So like, you know, how many Reese's peanut butter cups can you have before it just feels like another Reese's peanut butter cup? Exactly. Like, so, and it, I know what you mean, because sometimes you'll get like a little toy or something like that. But The best. Yeah. And, you know, as an adult, I've had, I've given away non-candy things on Halloween. And whenever I do, I always feel like the kid looks at me like if he was a little <laughs> bit bigger, he'd kick the shit out of me. And I'm just like, you know, I felt the same way once, kid. But when you grow up and, you, and you're a 55-year-old blogger playing to a <laughs> diminishing audience, you're going to remember this so fondly. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter saying that they're getting old comics ready to give out on Halloween. So that it's pretty awesome, like to be able to go and get like, even if it's not in the best condition. If you get an, to me, if I got an old comic, that'd be awesome. Oh, that's so cool! That's so yeah. cool. It's like yeah. I don't think people realize the power that's at their fingertips. Like, depending on what you give away to these kids, you they might remember that moment for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So get your cigarettes and bourbon ready. <laughs> Remember that one time when we got that little bottle of Jack Daniels? <laughs> yes. I <laughs> uh, love those. 
That was a good one. And I appreciate that too. Cause I was shocked that like, you're like, Oh yeah, I don't like when we get money, but yeah. Who doesn't want money? <laughs> right. Well, I mean like a nickel is just a nickel, but for the briefest of moments, that nickel felt like it was worth a dollar. I agree. And I loved getting those coupons too, like the McDonald's coupons. And so stuff. did you get those? Did you actually? Oh yeah. We used to get them all the time, especially for like the free ice cream cones. Yeah. And yeah. apparently like that wasn't big all over the place. Cause whenever I mentioned that people were like, what are you talking about? That never happened. Like, dude, yeah. it totally happened. Like McDonald's used to make commercials for that. Occasionally. And I may have mentioned this before we would get, Jeffrey dollars for Toys R Us. That was like a oh rare. Oh my God! Experience. Are you kidding? The real rich people. Sometimes. Oh God! So if if anyone's too young to remember, Toys R Us money used to actually be like these paper Jeffrey dollar bills, right? And to a kid, having even one of those was better than having like a ten dollar bill. Exactly, because it was like not only free money. It was a guaranteed trip to the toy store. Exactly. I can't hey. believe you got one of those on Halloween. Yeah, there was a, at least a couple of occasions when there would be like one house that would always give them out. So you and I remember where the house is still. So we could go and see if they have them. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're proving my point. See, you remember the moment all these years later. Exactly. Make Halloween fun with one-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. You can get wrapped candies of every kind. Bubblegum, lollipops, fun-sized candy bars. So what's your next guilty pleasure? My next guilty pleasure is a movie that was made for Showtime back in 1990. It was actually November 1990, and that was Psycho 4, The Beginning. Oh, boy. Now, a lot of people uh, defend the original sequel, which is Psycho 2, because a lot of people are fans of that. It has a, very, like, a cult following, and I have no problem with I don't hate any of the sequels, but Psycho 4 left like the biggest impression on me out of all the sequels. It kind of struck a chord with me uh, because a lot of it took place during a radio talk show, which I think was pretty awesome. It took you out of the normal sort of, you know, mode where, okay, well, you know, Norman's going to kill somebody and then he goes into the hotel and he takes the body out and hides it. You know what I mean? Right, right. It was a completely different thing. This was a very psychological film where you really got into his psyche and you got to live through these flashbacks that he was having. He was talking to the radio talk show host was like, it was like one of those therapy type shows. So like a Dr. Ruth sort of. Yeah. And you know, he's, he's at this a, point, a sex show. Sorry. I guess that was a bad example. <laughs> Continue. I, just, I, I just said sort of. Yeah. 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 You're just shutting me up. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Ruth, that's Yeah, it. Dr. Ruth, that's great. Yeah, Dr. Phil, yeah. Mm. So at this point, Norman is like married and they're having a kid. Now it's more of his own mind playing tricks on him because he thinks he's it's going to happen again. His, his son or his daughter is going to become you know, a killer like he was. And he's really trying to walk the straight and narrow, you know? Right. So you, you're following his story as he's t he's going through some of his issues and his split personality and his flashbacks it's not like any of the other ones at all but to me psycho one and psycho four work better together than two and three wow i have not yeah. seen psycho four but i even i know that that's a bold statement it is a bold statement but i really feel like a lot of people haven't even seen this one to even comment on well it, it. was so uh, like you said it was a cable movie right exactly but you know what's great is that there's a dvd and i i own it it has all the sequels on it. So it's got two, three, and four on the DVD. Of course, it's obviously it's easy to get the first one, but 
this one is not as prevalent. So, but if anyone has a chance, I'd say watch the first one and the fourth one. It works really well. So let me ask you, because I, you know, from what I remember, he kind of wavers in and out of being like the protagonist and the antagonist in the series. Mm-hmm. In Cycle Four, was he clean? Yeah, he was like, you know, his, by the he, end of the movie, is he still like basically a good guy? I'm not going to spoil that part of it, you know. Okay, but we'll, I, we'll we'll talk after the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk offline. I mean, <laughs> wow, yeah, you're real rec- protective over the movie. You won't even spoil it on the podcast. Wow. Well, I will definitely recommend it. I will also say that Olivia Hussey plays Norma Bates, and she was fantastic. She, you might know her from uh, Romeo and Juliet, the I think it's the '60s version. Mm. I don't know if you ever watched that, like in school, maybe. Yeah, Doctor Ruth. <laughs> yeah, and uh, even John Landis. Oh, really? Yeah, plays a role in it. Yeah, I just love that Perkins stuck with the series for all that time. Like, I know he didn't have that much going on in the later years, but it's still really cool that he was in those all of those movies. Yeah, yeah, because they could have easily recast him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Psycho Four: The Beginning. Anthony Perkins stars with Olivia Hussey. C.C.H. Pounder and Henry Thomas as young Norman Bates. Psycho 4, The Beginning on Videocassette. I know we've made a lot of wrestling references on the Purple Stuff podcast, so I apologize in advance to the people who have no idea what we're talking about. But my next pick is the Dungeon of Doom from World Championship Wrestling. Oh, yeah. Do you, like, I know you were obviously much more of a WWF guy. Yeah. But no, I, I remember the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, God. Okay, so the story goes that Hulk Hogan jumped to WCW in 1994, which at the time was way smaller than the WWF. Mm -hmm. And a year later, they created the Dungeon of Doom to give him sort of like a fresh stock of bad guys to plow through. Right. But instead of just giving him like normal kind of wrestlers to beat, every wrestler in this stable was like something walked out of a low-budget horror movie. Yes. Like, they had a guy called the Shark who was literally somebody imitating a shark, like as if he's Jaws himself. Yeah. Well, they had Earthquake, right? Yeah, he was Earthquake. <laughs> and you're supposed to, you know, just pretend that you don't know him from something else. Yeah. Then there was Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter. Mm-hmm. Then the Zodiac. Do you know who the Zodiac was? Was that Brutus? And here's his theme. (laughs) (laughs) But the best of them all was the Yeti, who's this like really tall and really novice wrestler who had to come to the ring covered in paper towels. (laughs) Like literally, like it's just, it's a fucking mummy coming to fight Hulk Hogan. He was definitely a mummy. He was yeah. totally a mummy. Yeah. So it was so over the top and so cartoony, but everyone had to sell it like it was legitimate. And I think most fans would point to it as just more evidence of WCW being stupid. But <laughs> I loved it. It was like the Universal Monsters as wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, if anybody like looks this up, if they're not aware of it, yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you want to talk sloppy. about a, a great Google image search, Dungeon of Doom WCW. Yeah, it is pretty schlocky. And yeah, Brutus the Barber, actually, his his face paint sort of looked like his pants. Yes, it yes. It looked like he was wearing his pants on his face. Yeah, he basically had zebra-striped pants and a zebra-striped <laughs> face. But he was called the Zodiac, and his gimmick was to say <laughs> the opposite of what you said. 
So if you said yes, he'd say no or something like that. I can't remember the specifics, but he was it was totally fucking ridiculous. Yes, no, no, yes, no. <laughs> so was that? Uh, I know Kevin Sullivan was in that, but was that uh, Big Van Vader or no? Who, Vader who? did end up as part of the group, but that was like in its waning months. Okay. And like Vader was kind of like low man on the pole at that point, anyway. Yeah. But, you know, at its height, it was really just a parade of people that Hulk had already beat in the WWF as, like, new ridiculous characters. Right. It's, uh, it, it is pretty priceless, too. I mean, that might be something that I'll have to watch on YouTube later. Yeah, so cool. There's no Hulkamaniacs here! I've never been here before! Ah, it's not hot! What is this place? My next guilty pleasure is the movie Stay Alive from 2006. Have you ever seen this one, Matt? I don't think so. So what this is, it is uh, definitely representative of the times. It was all about um, this group of kids who play their video game like freaks and one of the kids is like a video game like a tester sort of okay like, yeah and so they start playing this game and it becomes they have to like survive the game to survive real life in a very basic sort of gist wait what was the year it came out it was 2006 okay there's an underground game called stay alive that they get it's almost like in the ring when they get that secret videotape you know mm-hmm. Okay, so let me. I'm just gonna give a give you a, a quick synopsis of this. Okay, and I'm gonna take this uh, not word for word, but it's coming from Rotten Tomatoes. So, after the mysterious death of a old friend, a group of kids come into possession of a game called Stay Alive, which is one of these 3D video games based on a true story. So, the true story includes the Blood Countess, and what happens is. To resist temptation, the kids begin to play the game, mm-hmm. but they but they soon realize that they're each being murdered in the same way as the characters in the game. Okay, so, so the game has effects in the real world. Yes, it's like yeah. almost like Elm Street ish. Exactly, and and they must find a way to defeat the Blood Countess as as they try to save their own lives. So I have a question. This blood countess is this this red demon girl I'm seeing on Google? Yeah, it's like uh, it's actually based on Elizabeth Bathory. I don't know if you know she's she was like a um, a legend in like Hungary. Yeah, I mean not a legend, like a real. She was also in Showgirls. <laughs> anyway, she was a serial killer, Elizabeth Bathory. And it's loosely based on her. And this one is one of those, like, it's really not looked at as very good. But, man, if you grew up in, like, even you know, whether it be our generation or, you know, an earlier generation that grew up with, like, video games and things like that, this is awesome, this movie. Yeah, you got to tell you, I'm looking at images from it, and it looks pretty cool. It is. It actually is really cool. It's worth watching. And it brings me back to 
you know, obviously I was in like my twenties when this came out, but I felt like I was back in high school. I just had that. It was that fun vibe where everybody's just chilling, playing video games and drinking like energy drinks to keep right, up. Right. It was total like when video games were like hitting their giant pinnacle with like um in their mid two thousands, you know? Right. And it looks like really gory. Yeah. It's like, totally it looks like a serious horror movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, and the the graphics in the film uh, on the video game aren't that good, you know, obviously because we've come a long way since then. Right. But at the same time, it it is effective. And I think I think that might be the one detractor because you might get some of the young kids who are playing video games now. They might look at it as if like, oh, God, it's like it could be like Atari to them for all we know. Right. Well, the other thing is whenever they show like video game graphics in a movie, it's already like 10 years obsolete. Exactly. So I'm sure whatever I'm going to be looking at in this is going to seem like it's from like the mid 90s. Yes. (laughs) I don't know why that happens, but it always seems to. It really does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this one, I would say, you know, give it a shot if you're yeah, you don't need to be into video games, but it's just kind of a cool, fun little movie. I may actually watch this tonight. I'm not I'm not lying. There's a director's cut. Uh, That's the one that you want to see. Most of the ones that are out there, like on DVD, is that's a director's cut. But there is like the theatrical movie eliminated like 15 minutes of footage was the theatrical like a pg-13 yeah it was pg-13 yeah so the the dvd and everything else is like r rating and uh, it adds the 15 minutes of gore and whatnot love it don't you get it if you die in the game you die for real Okay, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. But my next guilty pleasure is The Wickedest Witch. It's a little-known Halloween TV special from 1990... I'm sorry, 1989. Okay. Have you... You you haven't seen this. Well, the way I know it is that I know you used to write about it a lot. I wrote about it once, many, many years ago. And that review is currently offline. And with that review gone, it seems like all information about the special has just left the internet. Like, I cannot think of another thing that you could find so little information about. I it's feel crazy. Like I, looked, I feel like I looked it up the last time you brought it up and I, I arrived at, at your old site. Yeah, but that's it. Like, and the, the review's down, like I said. So without that, there's nothing. I don't understand how this aired nationally and there's no information about it anywhere. That is so bizarre. Yeah, so like 10, 12 years ago, somebody just sent me a video filled with Halloween stuff, and it had this on there. I did not see it as a kid, but I think it's the only tape of it in existence. That's crazy, and it was on like NBC, so it wasn't like it was on like some weird, bizarre, it wasn't on like the Family Channel or anything. Right, so let me set it up. I mean, it was Rue McClanahan, who Mm -hmm. was blanche from the golden girls obviously mm-hmm. and this was during the era when golden girls was huge so blanche was huge so rue was huge and so this was like a major production yeah so it was a big time prime time special she's playing like this crazy witch but she's basically playing blanche as a crazy witch right Brave and all powerful stick on halloween And I don't remember a thing about the plot. I know she's like basically in a cave the whole time mm-hmm. and she's hanging around with these like puppets that look like something out of the dark crystal. Ooh. 
So I mean, I'm I'm a huge Golden Girls mark, and obviously I'm a big Halloween mark. So for me, this was a beautiful marriage. I know I know why you're laughing. Look, I've known you for a couple of years, and I've always shielded this from you. But I know basically everything there is to know about the Golden Girls. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't put it past you. Yeah, I think no. the, the the real selling point for me would be the Burgess Meredith narration. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, I I remember honestly, like when I would see. Uh, the stuff on your site, I'd say, hey, you know, I kind of remember the TV Guide advertisement for this. Not that I watched it, but I do remember, you know, seeing an ad for it. Right. Because they were pushing it. It was a big deal. But something, I feel like there's some story attached to it. Because can you name another TV special, no matter how obscure, that has just been scraped from history like this? You know, it's, it's like, it's one thing for it never certainly other specials have only aired once but it's never been mentioned again and i feel like there's like a deliberate silencing about anything having to do with the special what happened on the wickedest witch is what i want to know well i mean you know just looking on the imdb they're talking about a witch so evil that she's been banished to the underground kingdom of the grievals so yes. I mean, maybe they're trying to you know maybe they don't want to bring that up too much because she might come out of her her underground kingdom they want to keep her down <laughs> they don't want her to get freed you know the grievals of course now that you mentioned the grievals yeah the creatures that she's with are basically the skexies yeah is that how you pronounce it yeah skexies. yeah like they're they look like bootleg injured skexies did uh henson's group have anything to do with this i wonder i i don't know like yeah. i don't want to speak out of turn because i'm not sure i know that it looks pretty good for a tv special i don't know that it looks amazing for one so you actually have this on vhs there is a tape here somewhere and i feel like it's the only tape that has it well i'm wondering like maybe you should do everyone a service and put it on youtube <laughs> I, if i could i've tried to find it this year because i was gonna review it again yeah you know with my more mature standards in 2015 <laughs> mature mature <laughs> my mature standards You're so i couldn't mature. find it but i know i have it you know, the fact that I have it and I know nobody else does makes me feel so stupidly special. So thank you, Witchy Blance, for making me feel stupidly special. <laughs> the Hogan family will return next week. Now an NBC family special. Secret body language of cats. No, it's Rue McClanahan at the Wickedest Witch. My next pick, Matt, is... These old decorations that were made of melted plastic, they were called melted plastic popcorn Halloween yes. decorations, right? They weren't limited to Halloween, but they were also used during Christmas as well. But the Halloween decorations really got to me. Now, to describe what they are, it, it really, it's hard to describe because they're made of little sort of um, plastic pieces and they have little indentations in them. So you would really have to kind of Google image search it. Unless, kind of, unless, would you would you say it's accurate to say that they look almost like cake topping? Yes, yes. When you they, like when you pipe out icing, mm -hmm, it does look like that. But for some reason, they refer to them as melted plastic popcorn. Right, and you know when you told me you were going to mention this on the podcast, I'm like, oh, that's just Jay's code for something that has a real name. Yeah, but I, I looked it up, and that's actually what they're called: melted plastic popcorn decorations. Yeah, I've called, and I've always, for some reason, I've been, always been attached to them because my family always had old ones uh, carried over, you know, for years and years, and 
Uh, I used uh, the pumpkin one that we had from when I was a kid in the Halloween special this year. And we used to put that on the door outside every year for Halloween. Uh, these things were real popular like back in the 60s. Yep. And, and you know, a lot of families, they put them up every year for, and they're from the 60s. Like the family has carried them through every year. So I think that's one of those things where it's not so much that they look cool. It's just that you have so many years attached to them. Right. And, you know, and you just, man, that'll, you look at them and it brings you right back. But right. some of them are really cool. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the Bestial or whatever you call those other ones. The, have the you flat, you know, the, the, I don't know, the flat paper ones that you stick on a wall. Yeah, those are great. I yeah. love, don't get me wrong, those are the greatest. And I will never say these are better. But if you look up uh, some of the ghosts and the witches, uh, they have a couple of cats and vampires. These are really, really cool. And, they definitely coincide. Like if you're going to have the flat paper ones around your indoors, your house on the outside somewhere, you know, you're going to have one of the skulls, you know, of these melted plastic popcorn uh, decorations. So that's one of my guilty pleasures because in a way they're sort of looked at as mm, kind of low budget in a way, almost looked at as not, I'm not going to say uh, trashy, but I mean, you know what I mean? They're not, something that you would go to uh, your local uh, Nordstrom's to find. Right, you know? <laughs> right. But I think you hit upon something earlier because you're right. They're, like if you went to a dollar store, you might find facsimiles of them, but you would know the vintage ones if you saw them. And like you could just tell that they've been passed from person to person, family to family. Like all of those decorations have stories to tell. Yes. And it's, you definitely see these at like garage sales. Yeah, and like you sales. could just you look at them and it almost feel like they must be some like haunted heirloom, you know? Yeah. Like they just have that quality about them that makes you feel like there's a history within that decoration. <laughs> haunted heirloom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm mispronouncing words all over the place tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. Toys R Us has the Big Bird Halloween costume and the Yoda Halloween costume for trick-or-treating. Okay, my last guilty pleasure for tonight is being a voyeur at costume shops. Mm. I'm not talking about like being a creeper and trying to watch people when they're undressing. <laughs> it's just like the idea of going to a party city or a spirit or just some random Halloween store around this time of year because the energy is just so crazy it's like seeing halloween and it's truly living breathing fiery form right like everyone is just so frantic it's like when you go and everyone's shopping for their costumes especially when we're getting into crunch time like we are now it's like everyone's on drugs yeah they're... but they're kind of like happy drugs and they're kind of aggressive drugs yeah. there's just a weird energy in the air Definitely. Yeah. Everybody's like kind of just, oh, what should I be? Or, you know, oh, this one looks better. Yeah. But this mask is too. It, it's crazy. It's all, yeah. it's all, it's almost like people shopping for Christmas gifts at the end, like right. the day before Christmas. Totally. There's just, just like euphoric madness to it. And like for me, as a longtime Halloween blogger, there comes a point every year where it just feels like you're shoveling shit into the tide. <laughs> so going to the, one of these stores and just watching people for a little while, it always fixes it. It's like taking your Halloween vitamins, only instead of swallowing something, you're just weirdly staring at strangers as they rummage through Power Ranger costumes. You know, it's so cool that you say that, too, because not only just watching people buy uh, costumes, but 
I mean, talk about going into these Halloween stores and these costume shops. There's always some elaborate setup where you know yep. they'll have like some move, moving animatronic with one of the costumes on it that you could buy or a mask. Right, right. You know? It's and like then, going to a party in a Growing Pains Halloween episode. Yes. <laughs> It is really, really cool, like to be able to go because I live near at least two Halloween stores, and just going into them, man. It, sometimes I just walk in just to—I had no intention on buying anything, just looking at the displays, and then they got like zombies coming out at you and spooky trees, right? And, yeah, and then you know you see girls looking at the um, the sexy cop outfits, you know? Right. Well, I know that's your favorite part. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily go with that. That was just the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, of course. But you're <laughs> right. It's like it's like going to Halloween parties or like to little Halloween theme parks, and they're free. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least if you don't buy any like five dollar bags of rubber mice, they're free. They're free, and if you're into you know the smell of dry ice. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I love it. And, and like <laughs> fake smoke and yep. face paint, carpet, oh, yeah. candy. Oh, great. <laughs> carpet. <laughs> Look what's rising out of the pumpkin patch this Halloween. The pumpkin cutter, a great way to let your kids carve their own pumpkins without sharp edges that cut little hands. It even makes toothy grins easy to do. I have one last guilty pleasure that I'm going to go with. Okay. That is a movie called Satan's Little Helper. Did you ever hear this one, Matt? I uh, don't think so. You know how everyone went crazy for Trick or Treat with Sam, uh, you know, with the little Sam guy? Yeah, little Sam Carr. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This was like the precursor, Satan's Little Helper, to me. Not that it had anything to do with it at all, but this was one of those films where for a few years until that came out, this was the Halloween movie for me. So it's uh, a young kid decided that uh, for Halloween, he's going to dress as the title character from his favorite video game called Satan's Little Helper. Mm -hmm. So he goes trick or treating. And he sees this uh, this kind of psycho who tricks him into being his little helper. And the two begin killing people in this community. It's pretty crazy. A, lo a lot of people actually ha have a severe hatred for this film. Yeah. But I love it. And it's I just love the fact that it's sort of low budget. And this guy is walking around in a, basically a Halloween mask that you. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. at the, the, the pictures. It's like. Yeah, a you can dollar mask. They were selling that mask for a little while too. Uh, but I, when this came out, I was in love with this film because it's a sort of, <laughs> it, it's sort of like a, uh, it's almost like a black comedy. Because uh, even though there's some spooky parts, it's pretty comedic. I could kind of see why you love it because from what I could tell on Google, the only two photos I see are of giant breasts and shots of a monster out grocery shopping. <laughs> It's like it's like it's like if you wrote the the ideal movie script on a cocktail napkin that's it that's it yep <laughs> i love the freaking movie though satan's little helper so good, good. yeah thanks <laughs> Those were our Halloween and horror guilty pleasures. Yeah, we had everything from Psycho 4 to Rue McClanahan. Yeah, everything you could want from a podcast. <laughs> uh, next week, next week's uh, going to be tricky. It is going to be tricky. We, we don't know if it's our last show or not. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think it's going to be up to the listeners. 
to decide our fate. Yeah, we'll we'll field that to everybody listening. Uh, we, yeah. we the reason too is should we because, ask for should we ask for feedback or should we ask for money? No, I mean both are are uh, accepted. Okay, uh, cool. The American Express card we take uh, <laughs> yes. checks, money orders, CODs. Love it. <laughs> so uh, that was the Purple Stuff podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit, and I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Will we see you next time? Yes, but we'll see you after that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Purple Stuff Podcast.